Good morning, or whenever you listen to this, thank you very much for uh, listening to us. I want to offer thanks to all those that have been encouraging the last few weeks. It's been amazing. Uh, even when we made our trip to Minnesota, people telling me that they listen uh, to the program. So I would I would just encourage you, uh, just, just uh, help me out. Uh, if you listen on radio, please call the radio station and say, hey, I I really appreciate uh, those messages, or even if you've got a negative comment, that's fine. If you listen on Facebook or YouTube, just uh, drop us a line, or even on our website, you can uh, email us and and just say, hey, you know, uh, this is what I think about the program. I appreciate it, don't appreciate it, whatever it is. Uh, just uh, I would uh, like you to do that. That kind of helps us out, lets us know who we're reaching. It's a, it's a difficult ministry in this that it's hard to know uh, because you can't really see people as I'm doing this. Today I want to answer the question, if you've ever got to the point, you got, just God, I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand uh, what's happening here, how it's happening, uh, why it's happening, all of these things. Uh, if you have ever felt that way, well, well, good, because you're not supposed to. Uh, there are times that we will, but uh, we're going to find out that there's a reason why we don't understand uh, those things that uh, happen in life, and and people have written songs about it. Uh, the, the song "Farther Along" is is about that. You know, it's uh, the not understanding the things that are going on, and but acknowledging, hey, it's it's okay, you got it. And I'm gonna be in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. If you like to follow along, and uh, starting in verse six, seek you the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the right, unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. There you shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace, the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come upon the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up, up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. All right, Isaiah is just full of stuff, and I, I, I quote these verses a lot of times, uh, 8 and 9, but there's so much more there, and just, just the way it speaks to us to let us know our relationship to God, our place with God. You know, in our world, we we look to control everything, and we have people that want to control everything. We have people that tell us that they're controlling everything, people that tell us they're doing all of these things for us, and, and if we will just listen to them, everything will be better off for us. And that's not what we're supposed to do. As children of God, we're supposed to turn our lives, our thoughts, our our uh, everything over to God. And we, we need to know this. I mean, we need this encouragement, and I hope this will be an encouragement to you because it's an encouragement to me. As I go through things in life, it's, it gets difficult to turn it over to God. It gets difficult to say, okay, I know I'm not in control. I know I can't do this. 
Uh, and those, those things weigh heavy on me at times. And I have to go back to his word and know he's still there. He never left. It's my mind, my uh, thoughts that get away from that, my ways that get away from that. It's not him. He's still that anchor. He's still there. He's still that buoy in the ocean uh, that it seems like it surrounds us at times that, that creates the safety that we need. In verse 6, he starts out with this. He says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Uh, this is mirrored in James uh, chapter 4 and verse 8 where it says, Draw nigh unto the Lord, and he will draw nigh unto you. You know, it's us that separates ourselves. So the first thing I want to talk about is a separation that we create from God. And it's not a separation that he creates. And we may say, well, God, where are you? Why are you not doing anything? And that's a that's an honest human feeling uh, to, to have that. We, we feel alone a lot of times. We feel like that, that uh, no one is there for us. We feel like God has forsaken us at times. And anyone who, who tells you that they've never felt like that is not human. Uh, I will just tell you that right now. And I've spoken with some, some, uh, people that I just considered spiritual giants, people in the faith that were just giants to me, that to me just had all the faith in the world. And yet they would admit to me that they had these feelings. And that's great. We can look in the Bible and someone that tells you that they never have those, uh, they're, they're saying that they're, they're different from all the people in the Bible because they all felt this way. They all had these times when they got to the point where they felt like I'm alone. I can't do this. You know, it's, it's, it's not within me. We see it throughout the time. We see it with uh, the Kings, you know, David, uh, uh, Solomon. We see it with Elijah, you know, prophets, you know, and others that are just like, God, what is going on here? And I'm sure this was an encouragement given to Isaiah. As he looked at it, and, and all these people who had gone into captivity, I'm sure that they had these these times that they said, "What is going on?" I think of Joseph a lot, and and we don't get it a lot, but I can just imagine in those times, in those two years, uh, between the interpretation of the dream for the cupbearer and the and the time he was actually called up, that he probably had these times. And I'm speculating here that that he just said, "God, what is going on here?" You know. I did exactly what you told me over here, and yet I'm not over here where I think I should be. And I can understand that. I can I can see that those things. But yet there was a building uh, going along all the time to allow Joseph to get to the place where he needed to be when God needed him to be there. And so God is doing that with us. And if we will draw nigh to him, it will go better for us. It'll be better for us because we'll be there with him in those steps, following him and knowing you know, he's got me. And especially when you, you've you been a Christian for a while and you start having those times and he brings you through those. Think back on them. Think back on the time. Child of God, I'm talking to you right now as, as you have gone through your life. Think back on the times. If you're going through something right now, think back on the times that God has brought you through something. And how many times he's done that and how many times you didn't see it coming and it didn't happen the way you thought, but it happened exactly the way it should. Because he worked it out. Or maybe you're going through something right now and you've not been a Christian for a long time. I'm telling you right now, God will work it out. And he'll do it in an amazing way. Ways that you won't think about. Things that you cannot grasp. That you cannot uh, see coming. Uh, We can't see around the bend. Uh, We don't know those things. You know, there's a lot of times when I go motorcycle riding. If I'm on a new road, uh, I kind of take it easy a little bit. 
because I'm not sure about the road. I'm not sure what's coming up. I want to be careful on that. But if it's a road that I've been on before that I'm, I'm familiar with, uh, I, I know what's coming. Uh, so I know that I've got a curve coming up, maybe a left hand, then a right hand curve. And, and I know how to take those. I know what to do. Uh, maybe I know that there's a little pothole up there that I need to avoid or something like that. But with the unfamiliar territory, I'm a little more cautious. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of sitting back and I'm thinking, okay, I need to, I need to work this. Well, we need to do that in our lives as well. When we're in that unfamiliar territory, we need to give it over to God and say, look, you guide me through this. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what's coming up and, and uh, you do, and, and I'm, I'm willing to give it over to you, Lord, you know, and, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to sit back a little bit here. I'm going to be a little more cautious and allowing you, but maybe you've been through those things. You say, Lord, I know you're there. I know you're going to guide me through. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be less cautious. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and do these things. And, and I know you'll guide me. I know you'll show me the right way when I get there. And so we do these things and we need to draw nigh unto God. I would, I would ask you this morning to, to just, just say, Lord, I, I want to get closer to you. That's what nigh means, closer. I want to draw closer to you. I want to be in that spot. I want to be in that aura of you. I don't want to be out here in the, the darkness. You know, uh, if you've ever been out and, and, uh, hunting season's coming up and, you know, I usually have a headlamp and when I go out there, there's a spot that it illuminates very brightly and you know there's a spot right on the edge it's kind of illuminated but it's not and then there's a spot where it gets dark you know and, and i'm i can see those spots and i i see that and i want to stay where i see that illumination that i can walk i can know what's there i know that i'm not going to step in something and trip but i don't want to step over there with the dark unless i can illuminate that and see, that's what God does. He illuminates. It talks about that his word is, is a light into our path, you know, and it lights it up. It helps us out. It shows us uh, what's going on. We can go to it and know that, hey, it's there. It's there. So draw near to the Lord today. It says, call you upon him while he is near. Call upon him. He's saying, hey, call out. It's okay. You know, it's okay to take things to God, even the small things. And uh, I was amazed the other day. I was in uh in a, a Lowe's and I was looking for something and, and, uh, the guy was there helping me. He said, I know it's there. He said, my, my, uh, document here says it's there. I can't find it. And, you know, and, and eventually my wife looked up and said, there it is. And he said, well, thank you, Lord. He helped us find that. And I was like, yeah, that's great, man. That's, that's exactly right. That's the attitude we need. Uh, it, it's even the small stuff. And you said, well, that was kind of insignificant. Yeah, but everything is significant to God, to his children. When you're a child of God, your life, yourself, everything is significant to him. Take it to him. Even though you say, well, it's just a small thing, it's not to him. The big things are small to him. Small things are still small to him. Everything is the same to him. He can handle it. So take it to him. Call upon him. Let him know. He said, the, let the wicked forsake his way and, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. You know, that's what the, the right, unrighteous need, the wicked. The, we need to talk to them. We need to spread that. We need to let them know that we are guided by God. We need to let them know that we don't have to worry about those things, that we're not concerned about them to the point we're worrying about them. Do we have thoughts? Yeah, you can't get rid of those. If you can, please tell me how. You can't get rid of your thoughts about how things are going and how they're going to be. We do those kind of things, but let those people know that even though we have those, we know we got someone that's guiding us. 
And so let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Folks, Jesus Christ is still in the saving business. He's still in the comforting business. He's still in the guiding business. He has not changed. That message is still the same. We need to take it to this unholy world and say, look, we have something here. We want to tell you about this. There's unrighteous people all along. What does that mean? Does that mean they're mean, awful? Some of them are, but most are not. They're lost. They're lost. They don't have Christ in their life. They don't have that center that they need. And when we act like we don't have it, even though we claim we do, that tells them that it doesn't mean anything. We need to show them that in our lives, we need to bolster ourselves in him, not in ourselves, not in how we can do it, but how he can do it and how we know he will do it. Thank him for the things he's going to do as if he already did them because he's said it's going to be okay. He didn't say, well, I'm going to give you the victory. He said, you've already been given the victory. We have victory over death with Jesus Christ. We have victory over this world with Jesus Christ. We have victory over life and all those that would bring things to us. He said, don't worry about those that can take your physical life. I've got this. Everything's taken care of. We need to present that to it. And this in verse 8, then it brings it to me, and he talks about this, and he tells us things we need to know. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Now, I want to hold this up a little bit because... If you can see that, those of you that are watching, I have this highlighted in my Bible. I have verse 8 and 9 highlighted in my Bible. And the reason I do that is because I want to I want to look at that and I'll go, there it is. That means something to me. I can turn over there and go, yeah, it's still there and it still says the same thing. It has not changed. His word has not changed. My perception changes my way of looking at things changes but his word never changes he said my ways and your ways are not the same my thoughts are not your thoughts i'm telling you man i'm i'm so glad of that i am so glad that god's ways are not my ways and his thoughts are not his thoughts because i mess it up i mean it doesn't matter what in life decisions you know when i'm doing something you know um building something, you know, making something, fabricating, whatever it is, I make mistakes and have to go back, you know, but God doesn't do that. God does not make mistakes. Once you to understand that, God does not make mistakes. We may not understand what he's doing, but that's okay. Because he says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than my your ways and my, my thoughts than your thoughts. His thoughts and his ways are higher than mine. Wow. Wow. That's such a relief. It should be a relief to you. You should be thanking God right now and saying, I am so glad of that, that I have a God whose ways and his thoughts are higher than mine. He's not down here with me. He's not some clug a lug down here with me thinking the same way and messing up the same way and not understanding anything the same way. No, he's got it. And I can give it over to him and I can rely upon him and go, you know, it's not the way I thought it was going to be, but I know it's the right way. Recently, some stuff was going on in our family and I was trying to explain this to, to one of our family members and, and I, we live on a gravel road. And uh, I said, you know, when you go out on this gravel road, it's bumpy. 
Uh, it's, it's not very well maintained at times. And if it rains, it's really not very well maintained until they can get to it. And it's, uh, you have to slow down and there are bumps along the way. But then when you get to the pavement, it's not that way. That's, that's what life is a lot of times. God is bringing us through those bumpy times, through those potholes, through those ruts, through those rough spots to get to that smoothness to get to that point and it's going to be that way all throughout life rough spots will come but that's okay that's okay he's working it out he's building us up as i said with joseph he was building him up with moses he took took him out into a desert uh moses was out there uh, he said he was on the back side of the desert about as far away from civilization as he thought he could get and yet God was there waiting for him, telling him, I've got you something going on. You've been preparing for this. I had to humble you a little bit. You needed this. You need to know that I'm in control. And now I'm talking to you. And even then, uh, Moses was like, well, I, you know, I don't really think I want to do that. You know, and he kept making excuses. And, and God would say, well, I've got this. See, I, I've already had that plan. I knew you were going to say that. So I've got this plan for you. Now, he said, I can't speak very well. No problem. Got your brother Aaron. He, he's good. He's a good talker. Man, I, I've got him, you know, I've got this. Finally, he just said, Moses, you're going to do it. You know, and there are times that God does that with us. You're going to do it. You're going to walk through this and you're going to figure out I've got you. You know, Moses, well, who do I tell him you are? And he gave him his name. You know, I am that I am. He said, well, I need some, uh, they're going to want to know if I'm really sent. You know, stick your hand in your cloak. And he pulled it out and had leprosy. You know, stick it in again. He pulled it out and it was fine again. He said, he said, I've got you covered, Moses. I've got this covered. I've had all this prepared for a long time. He's got your life prepared. His ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And then he gives an example of it. He said, you know, uh, the, the snow, from heaven it falls and, and he said it, it melts and, and it comes back as rain and and, he, and it makes everything bud and it, it gives uh to the seed to the sower and bread to the eater he said i provide all that i provide all that it's what i do i'm glad i don't have to control that i'm glad i'm not in control of the rain and the sunshine and all of those things and I think you should be too. I think God that he is who he is. I think Jesus that he prepared everything, that he made everything. Everything was created by him. As John tells us, he said everything was created by him and there wasn't a thing created that wasn't created by him. Covers it all. In the beginning. That's our beginning. That's not his. That's the beginning of our earth, beginning of us. He's been forever. Jesus has been forever. That's a tough concept, but it's true. He said, those things happen because that's what I do. That's what I take care of. You see, he says, draw nearer to me. Listen to what I got to say. Because I've got it covered. I'm higher than you. I know what I'm doing. You know, it's a difficult thing a lot of times when I, when I, I've talked to my children, you know, and I've given them some sage advice, man, you know, because of experience and they didn't listen to me. And then they come back and I go, why didn't you listen to me? I didn't think you knew what you're talking about, dad. You see, we do that with God, don't we? There's so many examples and, and correlations between, 
uh, a father to his children and God to us. You know, and we said, well, God, I really didn't think you knew what you were doing. You said, well, I, you know, that's not really what I'm saying. When we do that, that's exactly what we're saying. You know, I really didn't think you knew what you were doing. And turning it over to him is, is such a relief in knowing that he will take care of it. And then in verse 11, he talks about his word. God's word is so powerful. I talk about creation. He spoke into existence. That is so amazing to me. And he said, and it was. And he said, and it was. There's only one thing he didn't speak into existence. And that was us. City formed man out of the dust of the earth. He didn't speak him to, into existence. That means we're something special to God. Does that make us better than everything? I didn't say that, so don't go around and go, oh, you're spirit. No, that's not what I said. He formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. A living soul. None of the others does he say they have a soul. We have a living soul. Not just a body, a living soul. Folks, Jesus Christ died on a cross because of the rejection of man from God that they looked at God and said, I don't think you've got this. I think I can do a little bit better. And it'll be okay because I'll, I'll be like you. That's the reason Jesus Christ had to come. Because of that sin that was brought into this world by mankind. And we have inherited that sin. That's why it says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not those who just didn't just get it. No, all. Everyone. We inherited that. That's what we got. Adam's sin. This is by one man's sin entered into the world. That man is Adam. And by one man, Jesus, the Christ, that sin debt was paid. Paid for all mankind, for everyone. He told Nicodemus he, died, he was going to die for the world. He brought the free gift to the world. It wasn't just to a few people, those who uh, could measure up, because we can't measure up. That's what it says. None of us can measure up. We can't do that, and so he died for us. But his word, he said, so shall my word, this wise word, this word of thoughts and ways that are higher than our ways, that word that comes out of my mouth, said, it shall not return unto me void. Now, I don't know why, but I've always thought about a boomerang when I, when I read it. Even as a kid, you know, when they said this, for some reason, it hit my mind, a boomerang. And I always wanted a boomerang. I would see these guys, you know, and especially in cartoons. But I really found out it can work. You know, they throw this thing and it can come back to them. I had a neighbor that uh, got a boomerang and I watched him out there and he would throw it and, and it would just go out there and hit the ground. And he finally got it to where he could throw it and it would, it would go around and come back to him. He had to practice, but God doesn't have to practice about that. God's word is not going to return to him void. He puts it out there. I'm telling you, when we take God's word out there, not ours, not our word, but God's word, it will not return unto him void. It will do exactly what he wants. And he said, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It's his. It's not ours. 
And, you know, I, I, I've talked to people and they said, well, I've been telling people uh, about Jesus and taking the word to them for years. I've never seen anyone get saved in front of me. And you may not. I've spoken to a lot of people about Jesus Christ. And, and I have had people just tell me flat up, no, I don't want to do that right now. Or maybe I don't want to do it at all. Or I want you to shut up or please quit talking to me or, or just jump up and yell at me. I told you I don't want to talk about it. And then again, I've had some that got saved. I've had some that got saved that I, I found out that someone had already talked to them and had been weighing on their mind and on their heart. And, and, uh, you know, I gave them the word, but it had already been planted. They just need that little nudge and they accepted Christ. So don't ever think that it's up to you. The harvest is Jesus anyway. It doesn't belong to us. And I know people that, that uh, they write down names of people that got saved when they were talking to them and they'll show them to you like it's notches on a gun with an old gunfighter in a, uh, a movie or something. I don't, I don't do that. I've got my memories, but I don't write those things down because they don't belong to me anyway. And if you do that and, and it does you some good, well, well more, more power to you. I just don't do it because I know that it's not mine. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. It's his word, not mine that is not returning void. My words, many people forget. I, I, I'll be, I guess, to the end of my ministry, always hearing this, you know, you tell people something and they go, well, I, di I didn't remember you saying that. Okay. You know, I know that. I know that a lot of times people, when one Sunday or the next, they won't remember what I said. Uh, maybe some little snippet they will, but you know, a lot of people, it just doesn't mean anything. And I, I'll tell people, it's not my words. It's God's word that you need to pay attention to. My words will fade away, but his will not. His will always be there. And so we need to know that it will accomplish what he pleases, not what we please, not the things that we want it to do. I, I've done this a lot of times. Well, I think, well, I need I need to tell somebody about Jesus or, or spread this word so this will happen. Well, that's not the right attitude. That's the wrong attitude when I had it. You have to come back and say, no, Lord, whatever you want it to accomplish. And it may not be while you're even there. It may be later on that it will accomplish something. You know, God's word to Joseph was, was true. But, you know, like I said, he waited two years in prison before anything ever happened. But then when it happened, it happened in a big way. And it happened exactly the way Jesus wanted it to happen. It happened so that the nation of Israel would be protected while it grew. It grew within the world so that it could branch out afterwards and lead the world. That's the way we are. We're in this whole world and this whole world is wicked. We can see that. That's why we say we're not of the world. We're in it. We're not of it. We have a new home. This world is not our home. There's songs about that as well. People saying that this is not it. And that's such a great joy to know. This is not it. Sometimes it gets down to the point. It feels like it. You get the bills coming in. You get the stuff, you know, that you see that, you know, it's just not feeling right. And it feels like it's crushing down upon you. And, and you get feeling, you know, <clears throat> boy, it just feels like this is all there is. But with Jesus Christ, the promise of eternal life, he said he's given us the victory already. Not he's going to give us the victory, he's given us the victory. 
So if you've accepted Christ, know that right now. He's given you the victory. Not you're going to get it. You know, when you, when you die, you're going to be with him. No, you're with him right now. You're indwelt. We need to rely upon that. He said, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So he doesn't just randomly throw words out there. He sends his word where he wants it to go. Maybe he sent you somewhere. You know, I've got friends who uh, are missionaries that go different places. Evangelists that go different places. God sends them into place. And I've, I've seen guys that he spent, sent them to a specific place. And that's where they stayed. And that's where their ministry was. And it grew from there. Because they did what God wanted them to do. And we've got other guys that, that travel around to different places. Because God sends them here and sends them there. Maybe we'll have them return at times. To do what they need to. To take that word and someone else cultivates it. And sees it flourish. Sees it grow afterwards. That's okay. So if God sends you somewhere... You go there because he sent you there. He talks about all these things in verse 12 and, and uh, 13 about what it will reveal, what it will yield. She'll go out with joy, be led with peace. Mountains and hills shall break forth unto you into singing and the trees and the field shall clap their hands. Hey, I'm looking forward to that day. I've not seen it and we're not going to see it, but one day we will. But first of all, you've got to accept Jesus Christ. You've got to give your life over to him and say, Lord, I'll make you Lord of my life. I believe in uh, God that you are raised from the dead, that you brought that free gift to mankind. I want to tell you that I'm a sinner. I know I am. And I want to give it all over to you. And then after that, we need to rely upon this, that he still is God. That his ways and his thoughts are higher than our ways. And we need to rejoice in that. And not be critical of it. To rely upon it and not try to push it away. To draw close to him so that we can remember that and know that. And know that he has got it and his word is powerful. I hope this has been a help to you today because it's always been a help to me to read these scriptures. I allude to them a lot because they're so meaningful. And I hope you'll take them in today. Go back and read the whole chapter of 55 of Isaiah. And then just read the whole book. Jesus is in there all throughout it. Thank you for allowing me to be with you today. My name is Charles Morgan. I'm with Word is Alive Ministries. May God bless you.